And so, yeah, I liked what you said about it. I thought you had a, a nice reflection on it. You said it was fun. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's clarify that though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If any management's listening, sorry, yeah. he didn't mean that in a disastrous way. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. There was a point, and and I was telling you, and I told Christina this too. You know, at some point in that outage, um, there was a point where I was kind of like reflecting to myself. I was like, "This is actually a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. it's scary as hell." Yeah. Uh, in the moment, because like, yeah, if you do not succeed the business is going to be very unhappy. Like that would have, it would have been really ugly if that wouldn't have gone well. Terrible. But in in the moment, I mean, this is what engineers do. This is problem solving. Yeah. Like you're trying to find your way out of a a massive hole um, and finding creative ways to fix, fix problems. Yeah. Um, And that's a lot of fun. Um, And, and especially in a time pressure time, a pressure cooker situation, it, it just makes you, you know, that much more on edge, that much more on alert. Yes. Um, and yeah, there was a, a, an air of it being fun, stressful, hard, difficult, all those things, but, but, but fun. And we were fortunate that we came out um, looking pretty okay. Yeah. Um, Could have been much worse. Absolutely. Welcome, everybody, to episode 64 of the Coffee and Code Cast, podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. I'm Kyle Johnson. Hey, Kyle. What's up, dude? I'm Mike Sheehan. We're laying low today, man. The coronavirus is out. Watch out for that virus. It's all over Seattle. I heard you coughing earlier, man. I'm a little Did worried you? right Uh-oh. now. Uh-oh. I heard somebody sneeze on the bus today, and I gave him the evil eye. <laughs> <laughs> We're safe and sound so far, as far as we know, up here in Studio 5... Uh, 5A. Yeah, we gotta, we're going to dive into a big topic today. I want to leave room for that. We're going to talk about some, uh, some uh, crisis situations we've been through in the last week and a half in the office here. It's been kind of crazy, so we're going to dive into that a little bit. The topic, uh, we're going to talk about the coronavirus and all the impacts that's had on things like our mileage run status. That's a big hit on the mileage run status. <laughs> it's going to be, yeah. Uh... And on the old stock market, so... All, all the types of things you come to expect here. Oh, God, I didn't tell you this. We have a spin update, too. Hell yeah, spin update. Coronavirus Better. has an impact on that, too. Oh, as it's going to be a bad update, then. It's going to be a bad update. Yep. But that's coming later, too. So, well, good to have you here, man. Yeah, welcome back to the show. It's been a while. We missed a week, right? Yeah, we took a week off. You were in Denver. Uh, and whatever, I think. That was what was happening. You yeah. were in Denver, right? Yeah. Something feels a little weird on my side. I don't know if it's like... Are we recording? We are recording. Just feels a little funny. Sounds a little funny. I don't know. Oh, you're getting some funny. Okay. I mean, it sounds it sounds fine. I just feel like I sound a little funny. But if we're clipping, we're not clipping. Let us know. Okay. At least not according to the board. Good. So we're good. Well, welcome back, man. It's it's been we missed a week. I was traveling in Denver. I've been in, yeah. in Denver twice in in two weeks. Uh, just got back last night again. Bam, bam, dude, and uh, double double. We mentioned the coronavirus earlier, and we'll talk about this more on the show here in a bit, but uh, I won't be going back to Denver for the foreseeable future. So We have a travel ban in place. We're here for the duration. You're going to have to deal with us now, unless we get get the virus, then maybe we won't be here. Our parent company issued a travel ban. Yeah. So if you're leaving leaving the office, uh, you're not doing it on the company's dime. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, and I think they said something about international travel, too. You have to report that. That's yeah. I think you have to log that, and then you have, don't you have to be quarantined, or I don't, I don't remember. Depending on where you're going, if it's one of those, you know, high profile places, which Seattle is not. I was curious to see if we were a high profile place. We are in the states, but we're not on the CDC list of whatever they rank them. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to be quarantined in your home for 14 days or something like that if you're coming back from one of those places. Yep. Cray cray. Very good, man. Well, uh, let's move right on into the show news. Yeah, dude. What do we got here? Dude, I, old Gomer, I just wanted to bring it up because he's been, we've been in communication the uh, re- last few weeks. Really? What's he been uh, messaging, you, messaging you about? Dude, it's cool. I was asking him how his work's going, and uh, he said uh, 
He's going to start traveling for work more because, you know, he's working at the UPS World Hub. That's right. And Big, like giant planes. He's been sending me a lot of pictures of some pretty massive planes. It's kind of funny, too, because he'll take pictures and it's just against a horizon and there's nothing else in the shot but this plane. And I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea the concept of scale. He's like, oh, it's huge. I'm like, well, massive, can't really dude. tell. Yeah. Put a banana up there for scale, Gummer, next time. Yeah, dude, a banana would be good. Um, yeah, these planes look impressive. They're huge. Yeah, he's got some like shots from being on the... You know the tarmac. Yeah, some got one here on on a lift. Somebody's <laughs> yep. doing something on the lift. Somebody was doing something unsafe that I'm not gonna take a photo of. They draw drawing on the uh, tail. Um, what do you want to call it? Fin, I guess. I don't know. Some guy's doing some shit on like a lift that looks on a pickup truck. Oh, that looks nice. With it's some, got some cans behind it. It's got some <laughs> some fuel, <laughs> like so, a couple torch tanks. Yep. Behind it, so I don't really know what's happening there, but. Anyway, acetylene torch. Yeah, it looks like a combination of fire and explosions and I don't know. Not necessarily OSHA approved, I would say, but <laughs> they're doing it. Um, no, it's cool, man. I, I'm happy for the Gomer. I love, like I said, UPS was one of my favorite jobs in college. I really enjoyed my time working in the plant and seeing like how, how automation was at that time, which it's changed a lot since then. But they had some really cool technology there. Great job. So I'm happy for him. Happy to see some of these photos. Very good. That's all I had to say about that. So. All right. He, yeah, he did say he'd be traveling uh, Orlando, Des Moines, Raleigh, Jacksonville, Louisville in the coming months. That's cool. Midwest, Southwest. Or sorry, Southeast, huh? Primarily? Yeah. Primarily, yeah. Yep. yep. Very cool. Excellent day. Well, let's uh, follow up a couple things here. We uh, talked last episode about Tesla stock, and at the time... They were on a crazy Ooh. run. They were up to nine. You were, you were experiencing a little FOMO because you missed out on some early stock That's options. Right. Yeah, I missed out on a very large growth curve for uh, Tesla stock. Well, it's almost a th- almost a thousand, wasn't it? Like nine fifty. I think they were. Well, here I have the uh, I have it pulled up right here. Peak. They were. Well, no, it's not. Show. Oh, I'm on, let me go back to a month. Here we go. Tesla nine seventeen was the high. Okay. Um. So, um, given the coronavirus that we talked about earlier here, um, that, that stock has uh, taken a bit of a dive. So, Whoop. as of today, they're trading at uh, 750 or just, just below 750. They were down as far as uh, 7, no, sorry, 667. What stock hasn't taken a dive? That's very true. My poor investments are. Don't mm-hmm. look. I know. I looked. It was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even have, like, I mean, I have some in there, but. It was painful. Well, I was talking to my dad actually over the weekend, and he was he was saying that he was doing he was actually flying in a little Cessna with a guy that he met down in Alabama, and this guy was I think almost eighty years old, and because of this whole dive in the stock market, he just flat out got out. Yeah, you know, he's like, it's not I can't wait around anymore for it to recover. So he's like, I just pulled everything out. Which I you know I would say that that's maybe the only exceptional case where you'd want to do something that drastic. Um, for the rest of us, we're going to live well beyond this and it's going to come back even stronger and bigger and better. I mean, it always does. Right. So even if it was a multi-year recession, I would still be investing. Everything right now is on sale and I'd be contributing more to my investment accounts as much as I could. Yep. Max out the 401ks. If you, if you already do that, do the Roth IRA, if you can do that, if you have more, get a brokerage account set up. Start dumping some money in there. I mean, really, it's gonna it's a fire sale right now. Warren Buffett's doubling down. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's not worried about coronavirus. <laughs> that'll. I mean, that'll. That's the hot topic of the moment. You know, yeah. in in three months, nobody will be talking about it again. No, it it's. Well, it's it's good. I think to have a bigger response uh, up front because we did. There's a lot of unknowns and it's scary, right? But. The more that's coming out about it, sure, sure seems that maybe some of the initial thoughts were a little overblown. Um, not that we shouldn't be taking precautions, but I know here in Seattle, at least, it's gotten a little wild where shall, like shelves are being cleared of, you know, per, like non-perishable foods, uh, Purell, yeah, like bleach, <laughs> yeah, toilet paper, right. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I it's kind of funny. People ask me about how how is the city. I heard I some friends reached out. How are things in Seattle? I heard it's kind of a ghost town, and I've heard stories that it kind of is. But I'm 
I'm not really aware of it just because I don't commute. So I'm already down here and I see people maybe a little smaller populations out and about than normal, but nothing terrible so far. Yep. Have you experienced this? Let's, uh, we're, we're going to hit right on the head here. We're at nine minutes. Yeah. This is like the, the best timing we probably had in the past 10 episodes. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the news. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's, coronavirus fears. That's a topic for the news, isn't it? <laughs> God damn it, Kyle. I don't read these notes before the show I'm starts. A, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, you're aware. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we've yeah. arrived at the coronavirus fears. All right. Hey, um, to your point, yeah, no, uh, I just went across the street over to uh, Casco, which is one of our favorite hangouts for uh, margaritas. Casco Antigua. Yeah. We've uh, done the show drunk as a result of Casco a number of times. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Love a good marg. <laughs> um, walking over there, I mean, it was very clear... Um, it seemed like a ghost town. I mean, you have kind of the regulars that are hanging out on the street yeah, um, pretty much all the time. But beyond that, I mean, there was not a lot of people out there, not a lot of cars, not a lot of activity in general. And then inside of Casco, you know, normally you come back there on a five five thirty on a... The back bar is crazy busy. Yes. And there were still tables available. Wow. There were three or four tables. The bar was completely empty. So, I mean, there's definitely less people. I've talked to... Commuters that come, they're still coming to the office. They said the bus that's usually really full has been pretty empty. Um, yeah, traffic seems light. Just looking out the window for a Seattle rush hour it seems a little light to me for midweek. And uh, exactly, and I, you know, I, the fuel meter is the only meter I can really gauge. I was over there earlier today for a White Claw pre-show, and um, yeah, it was pretty thin. It was pretty thin. Now, Q Dub, we have some people traveling. Right now that, you know, they already had their travel booked before the ban. So they are down in Sacramento and got a few people in Ohio at the Cleveland office right now. But, uh, yeah, there was nobody else. No Q-dubbers at the Q-dub table. Hmm. So I was kind of Slayer came over to help me out because I was a little lonely. Yep. You're doing great. Yeah, that's what he said. He's, <laughs> I was not so great before, but he came over for a little bit. But, yeah, there was probably three people at the bar. It was pretty quiet. Yeah. Well, there's, there's been quite a bit of news here in Seattle because we're being hit at least particularly hard. Well, the city of Kirkland more than, than Seattle, really, which is kind of a suburb of Seattle, really. Yeah. Um, if you're familiar with uh, Costco, Kirkland brand. Costco. That's where Kirkland brand is named after. Kirkland, the city Washington. Of Kirkland, yep. Um, so, yeah, in Kirkland, there's been, there's been a number of deaths from the coronavirus, um, primarily in kind of a, a nursing home type situation. Maybe yeah. it's not a nursing home. I don't know. Old folks home whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, so many people that are, are already, you know, high risk, compromised, immunosuppressed, yada, yada, yada. So, um, but definitely a lot of cases here, um, a, a lot of deaths out of those cases. So a pretty high percentage of deaths, mm -hmm. which is a little bit different from, I think, a lot of the other areas that have been affected. Um, but uh, in recent days here, there's been a whole bunch of new news uh, items where like Amazon, there was somebody that was confirmed case at Amazon who right. had been in one of the Amazon HQ offices. Um, so they shut down the office and sent everybody home. No bueno, dude. Um, Google and Amazon both have limited travel. Microsoft as well. Um, I actually just got right before this meeting, uh, our good friend Aaron. The Terrifkin, I just saw that. The Terrifkin. Oh, yeah, she messaged. Yeah, so she, you know, Microsoft is is requesting that their people work from home. We're not. Well, we're <laughs> really? giving the option. Yeah, we you kind know, of were saying if you want to, you can. If you're uncomfortable with the situation, work from home. You yeah. know, if you feel sick, obviously work from home. Yeah. You know, so they're not closing the office per se. They're just saying, like, if, you're, if you feel you need to work from home, feel free to do so. If, if not, right. you're welcome to come into the office and work here, too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the messaging around this has really proliferated in the last three or four days. Like, it's so funny, man. Uh, this is the funniest thing that I've seen come out of the coronavirus scare so far. So my fucking building, the NOLO, has uh, we have a lot of pets. It's a pet friendly building. It's a pet friendly city. And we always have had problems with people picking up their dog shit <laughs> in the pet relief areas. Yeah. And so, like, as long as I've been there for six years, practically, like, they've always threatened, like, oh, we're going to doggy DNA test your <laughs> dogs and, you know. And so, so, dude, so check this out. So they actually, like, got there. Now they're starting to make people test their dogs. 
Are they really? They are because because people do leave a bunch of shit on the up there. It's pretty it's, bad. So they're gonna go DNA test the shit and say like, oh, that was your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want what they want to do is like swab your dog's mouth and then they'll have him or her his or hers DNA in the registry. And so if someone leaves a big pile like on the turf, <laughs> then like the you know the maintenance guy has to go get a little sample, send it to the lab, and they'll like tell him which dog. You know, oh, that was uh, that was like fucking. Cuddles, you know, oh, Cuddles the Poodle <laughs> left a big shit up there. That's, uh, that's amazing. That is amazing. Isn't that incredible? The technology today, this day and age. And so they fine him. Like, they, it's a big fine. It's like a $200 fine. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's big, so you don't do it again. Yeah. But, but that's postponed. That's been postponed. So this was in the elevator. This was in the elevator the other day, dude. <laughs> Postponing the Stadium Place Poo Prince event. <laughs> Dear valued residents, based on concerns about the COVID-19 outbreak in, and in an abundance of caution, we're postponing the Pooh Prince event scheduled for this Saturday, March 7th. <laughs> we are delaying all resident events for now to eliminate any risks, blah, blah, blah. We'll update you as soon as we have a date confirmed for the rescheduled Pooh Prince event. As always, we appreciate your cooperation. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to the Stadium Place team. Nice. Dude, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I just had to save a picture of that because I thought that was the funniest. Uh, can't get your dog's DNA tested this weekend because of the uh, coronavirus. So be safe. Yeah. Safety first. I'm happy that they're taking the high road there. That's Yeah, that's very good of your building. Yeah, that's nice. Way to, way to have your, have your uh, best interest in mind. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're tra- we have a travel ban in place. A lot of these companies are. And, but there's been a lot of messaging this week. I, like Our building has sent out a few notifications. Some other organizations that I'm a part of in the city are sending out notifications. So, yeah, it's starting to quiet down. I did, did go to a movie last night, and I have to say that there was like three people in the theater. So <laughs> it was kind of nice. Like My strategy is everybody stay home, and then I'll kind of run around town and do the shit that I want to <laughs> do without all you fuckers out there getting in my way, man. Like The line at Mickey D's will be a lot shorter now. Oh, boy. Uh, you know, the theater line will be a lot shorter now. There's nobody around. So it's a, it's kind of a win-win for me. Well, the crazy thing is it's affecting business, right? The economy's down. All the economy's down. Why is the economy down? It's because it's affecting production primarily, right? Production of, of, uh, manufacturing. Yeah. Um, especially, and we'll probably talk about this here in a minute, but, um, you know, Chinese made goods. My right. spin coffee maker. Spin coffee. It happens to be made in Shenzhen. So we're kind of fucked right now. Oh man. Yeah, that's that's the, halt. that's the spin update for let's, you. Let's get in. Okay. <laughs> there, there's no production <laughs> happening. That's the update. <clears throat> Effectively, yeah, I didn't want to cut you off. We can come back to it. No, this. I want to hear it. Everybody's clamoring for the spin update. I mean, it's funny because even... You know, we should. We need like a, a brewing sound effect or something. So that can be like whenever we go into the spin coffee update, Yeah, we have the little brew sound effect or something. Kind of like, like in comedians and cars getting coffee or something where they have the barista... You've ever seen that before? No. Jerry Seinfeld has his own online series called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. And it's a cool format. If you haven't seen it, he will pick up. Instead of like you coming to the show, like Jimmy Fallon or whatever, Tonight Show, Jerry will pick out a car that embodies your personality, and he'll pick you up in his car and then take you somewhere to get coffee. Hmm. Okay. So, um, and then you, it's an interview format, but it's like you talk in the car, you talk at the coffee shop, and then they always have these little like stock images of someone making an espresso and the steam coming off the fucking thing. And yeah, but, uh, maybe that's what it could be. It could be the like, yeah. (laughs) Spin coffee. Yeah. 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 Blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is the funny thing dude. look at, look at this. It's paragraphs. Paragraphs of bullshit. Oh, photos of, oh yeah. Photos of people with the coronavirus. Analyzing the automated test. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oh, the quarantine. Oh, the spectrogram. I mean, it's just, it's fucking stupid at this point, but, um, yeah, the production facility reopened its doors on February 10th. So if you, as you recall, you know, nothing's happened this year because Chinese New Year production shuts down in January for the holiday. Uh, so that happens first. They had a two-week break for the Chinese New Year, blah, blah, blah. But then nobody told us about, Spin didn't tell us about that. Um, the production facility reopened, but not all workers are able to commute due to government restrictions in certain areas. Most factories are not at full capacity. Um, they're doing what they can. It's unclear how long the delay is going to be. The first half of batch one supposedly was delivered. Remaining pre-orders are on hold and rollout quantities have been temporarily reduced. We are confident that our production schedule will be back on track shortly, whatever the fuck that means, at which point we will resume sharing all pending delivery dates. 
we appreciate your understanding. And then they just go on and on and on. They talk about like the, the coffee nose and what he's been doing. And it was kind of, I, I stopped paying attention on the nose. To now they're not even updating you on the product. They're just like, Hey, these guys that we <laughs> talked about before, let us give you an update on them. <laughs> yeah. Like they're talking about they're, like temperature tests. Having the right temperature is not only important for the taste, but it's vital for the lifetime of your machine. I just, they hired some really good spin artists to craft these updates every month. But boom, boom. Yeah. Wooter Brunia. He's the, he's the coffee nose. Yeah. So they have some photos of him. Dude looks like, like I would imagine this guy looks like someone who's been on like crack cocaine, like <laughs> flying off of walls. Like, look at this tray of like 9,000 espresso shots. Holy shit. I yeah. can just see Wooter. They're like, Wooter, you're not leaving until you fucking down them all, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Good coffee, man. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah. That's a great update, huh? So the update again is that there's no update. Here's how bad it is. Later on down after the coffee nose and all this other shit, they talk about Jira. Like they brought up Jira issue tracking software. Yeah, yeah. On the more straight administrative side of things, we are happy to announce that we've implemented Jira into our day-to-day workflow. Oh, hey, congratulations. <laughs> like, like they're really <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel. Hey, we recently replaced the toilet paper yeah. in the fucking uh, factory bathrooms. Like there's just nothing here to talk about. Uh, so it's going to be a while. The coronavirus, unfortunately, I don't think the coronavirus had any impact on delivery. I think this thing was already going to be another nine years out. So the coronavirus is a a nice way for them to kind of excuse themselves for for their own shortcomings there, right? Something else to talk about in the marketing material there. That's what I would say. Yeah. Hey, in another news, we've added a HSA spending plan to our uh, employees' accounts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They did talk about hiring. They did Did hire some people. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing because nobody's building anything over there, but they hired some people. Yep. That's impressive. That's funny. Are you watching the the notes or comments rather? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got we got a uh, Lex as as on here talking about. Let's see here, different. Oh, different feeling in rural Iowa. Fear of keeping PPE available for hot providers at clinics and hospitals. I have heard that in the news a lot lately. Like, stop buying masks. They do not buy the masks. We have a shortage. The federal government, I believe, contracted 3M to make like an initial thirty million masks per month. Is that right? to try to um, bring in some more additional supply because they're, yeah, they're flying off the shelves. And are ineffective, by the way, is everything that I understand. Doesn't work that way, yeah. Doesn't help, right? It might be effective for you if you uh, are showing symptoms, mm-hmm. right? Um, contain the cough, potentially, that sort of thing. Um, but you shouldn't be out in public if, you're, if you uh, have symptoms of that kind of shit. So, yeah. you know, again, you shouldn't need it. Um, and I think from everything I understand, too, the, the standard you know, dusk masks that you might wear for various stuff like that. Uh, not effective for these types of particles. Like you need the, the serious respirator type Like masks. the N95, something more beefy because yep. they, they go through these regular masks, right? right? Yep. The particles are too small. They yep. fly through the, fly past the uh, protection there. Right. Well, hey, man, I heard you if you gargle bleach, it'll help. So, <laughs> okay. Let's, don't gargle bleach, please. No, <laughs> do don't do that. That is, you know, that is not like professional <laughs> medical advice. So the coffee and code cast has nothing to do with medical advice. So <laughs> don't listen to any of the bullshit we say. It was on John Oliver. dude. He's like just pointing out like there's some preacher asshole that like, you know, what has one of those like tele whatever 900 numbers. Yeah. That he was like selling some moonshine. He's like, oh, yeah, everybody needs more silver in their their uh, system. So here's a bottle of silver flusher or whatever the hell it was, like some bottle that costs like 100 bucks that you could drink that would that would neutralize the, the, you know, virus in like 12 hours. I mean, just some ridiculous, crazy crap being hawked out there. Hey, I mean, bleach will probably kill the virus. It'll kill I you mean, too. I mean, Dumbass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of which, I was just hearing a story uh, this weekend and I don't have all the details. I should see if I can find it. Um, mm-hmm. It was about these, these kids that, that wanted to do this cool prank where they, they had a pool. And then they flooded the pool with 50, was it 50 pounds of dry ice? Oh, I heard about this. Did you hear about this? This was a, it was a hot tub, I believe. Oh, it was a hot tub. Okay. And people, yeah, go carry on. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, th- they wanted the smoky effect, right? Yes. To make it look really <clears throat> cool. Mm-hmm. And then uh, later on, and I don't know the circumstances around it, but a bunch of people dove in. I think it was a pool because I think they all jumped in or dove in, um, not knowing what the effects of this would be. And, and effectively, it, it knocked them out. And they drown. So I think multiple people drown as a result of this stunt. 
It was crazy. I was just like, holy shit. Well, dry dry ice, I didn't know this. I didn't know what dry ice was, but it's it's a it's a solid form of carbon dioxide. Okay. And so I don't know if they jumped in or if they were already in and the, the ice was thrown in, but however it worked, I mean, it released a massive amount of CO2. So it's just like sucking on your tailpipe in the garage at yep. a much rap, more rapid level. Three people died, seven more injured due to being poisoned at a birthday party of an Instagram influencer. That's right. It was an Instagram influencer that was trying to get, uh, you know, some cool post, cool looking picture. Um, yeah, dry eyes thrown into the pool. They wanted to create visual effects. Uh, it was a Russian influencer, so yeah. Well, carbon carbon monoxide is the real fucking killer. So, what is the difference? Yeah, dry ice uh, creates a heavy vapor when it meets water, but particularly in poorly ventilated areas, such as uh, such vapor can cause high heart high carbon dioxide levels in the blood. So, yeah, I think you pretty much nailed that. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't in our little show notes here, but I heard that story and I was just like, wow, that's crazy. Because, like, I could see as kids, you doing that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And not really knowing. I wouldn't have known. Right. You know, you just think, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to jump in or whatever and, like, not think about the effects or the, the possible repercussions of what's going on. Hey, with it's just reaction. ice. What's yeah. the big deal? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's sad. That's unfortunate, man. That is very unfortunate. Don't, uh, yeah. Don't buy mass at the store. Don't gargle bleach. Don't throw dry ice into the fucking hot tub. <laughs> We're full of good advice today, buddy. And that's not my professional opinion. Yep. My advice, that's just my opinion. Don't get the coronavirus either, because then you're going to go to quarantine. Yeah. Well, I was kind of excited about that, like, like I said. About quarantine? Well, 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 well <laughs> sort of. Because like, what was the policy? The policy was like if you, if you go to those, I forgot what they called them, like uh, level two, level three. Oh, uh, you're talking about the the business travel yeah, policy. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. If you go to some of those places, then they they said I thought they said something like if you go internationally, you need to at least notify HR, and then if you if you go internationally, period, that they want you to stay at home for 14 days just as a precaution. So I thought, well, that'd be fun. I would take a little trip international. I'd go across the border. I should just drive up to Vancouver, come come back, and have, I have to stay at home for 14 days. A little self uh, self quarantine. A little self quarantine, dude. Yep. Work work orders, man. It's not my rules. Work orders. I mean, at this point, you can stay home anyway and, and work from home. So that's what, that's what Michelle was saying. She's like, can't you just work from home anyway? <laughs> I was like, yes, but it would be easier if I had a work justification for it. There you go. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it's been all over the place. It, it has been a bit of a ghost town, I guess. Um, but I don't know, man. Maybe I don't take these things too seriously enough, seriously enough, but... It's been business as usual for me. I haven't noticed any difference. I'm still doing the same shit. I mean, have you really changed any of your routines at all? Uh, Are you washing your hands a little more? I would say I do it more thoroughly Mm -hmm. and and maybe think about it a little more than I used to. But um, I'm a pretty good hand washer generally anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I had one of the guys in Denver ask me about this and was was like, are you concerned about it? And I, I was basically telling him not. Not for the most part. The thing that would concern me the most is if this really got widespread and overwhelmed the medical system. Um, that's concerning. But beyond that, you know, for my personal health and safety, I'm not necessarily overly concerned about yeah. it. Most people our age and health and, and that sort of thing, it's not really affecting too heavily. I even read an article online from somebody who had it, um, was kind of blogging their experiences it, with it day to day. And, and aside from, you know, kind of cold and flu symptoms, that were generalized, you know, and not real strong. The only other thing they mentioned is like maybe a little tightness in the chest, but like hmm. not a hard time breathing or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and said it was like no big deal. So generally speaking, I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about it for, you know, parents, grandparents, pregnant people, you know, sure. those types of people. Higher Obviously it's, it's concerning, but for myself personally, I don't, I'm not that concerned about Quite it. Quite frankly, there's an, the amount of alcohol that flows through this office building. I think everyone's got a pretty big immunity there. <laughs> I don't know that that's oh, going to help you. Another vodka that's, soda. Kill it. That's called uh, suppressing your systems more than wow, uh, I got that cleansing. Confused. Yeah. I took the wrong medical advice there. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What about you? You're, you're, so you're not worried about it. You're going, you're going out. Like you're, you're getting out more than before. Yeah, I wouldn't say more, but I'm not, I'm not uh, really changing my habits much at this point. I'm still going out. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, it's. I'm all about, I'm additionally, yeah, I'm, I'm also washing my hands more, like you said. I'm more aware of that, trying not to touch 
my face as much. Yep. I would agree with that. So there's an awareness that's come with it. But as far as my daily routine or the habits in my life, they haven't really changed much. I still go out. I still walk back and forth. Another thing I can tell you is, well, for backpacking, I bought that big-ass box of Purell wipes. You remember that? Oh, yeah. I have Dude, some of those. That's, that's paying dividends because I'm using those like a mofo. Nice. So I throw a bunch of those in the backpack when I travel. Yep. Um, when I get on the plane, I wash my hands. I wash everything off. Yeah. Um, that's good because the planes are fucking nasty. They dude. are pretty gross. Um, but, yeah, I mean, aside from that kind of stuff, there's really not much I can I can do. I mean, like I said, I did give somebody like this. I didn't, well, I didn't either. I just kind of looked up when somebody sneezed or coughed or whatever on mm-hmm. the bus this morning. So I'm, I'm probably more cognizant of those types of things, whereas before it wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah. I think my wife did the same thing this morning. It's allergy season as well. Oh, so she, yeah. So she was sneezing and somebody kind of gave her the stank eye. But How's that? This is a follow-up piece, but you had a year ago or so, you had bought in a really nice... HEPA filter fan kind of a thing for the, how's that? Does that help still? Is that good? Yeah, that was part of um, what I dubbed the year of sleep oh. for the wife because she wasn't sleeping well. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so we, I did a number of things. I got her, um, well, she got herself actually like silk pillowcases. Nice. Um, That's fancy. What else did we do? We did the weighted blanket. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we did filters um, in the room, in the bedroom and in the house both. So I've got two different ones, both from Blue. Okay. Um, and I think that I think they are great. I mean, the amount of crap that I see in the so it's two stages. It's got like this, um, what do I want to say? Cloth um, filter on the outside that kind of filters big particulate. Yeah. Um, that can just be pulled off and washed. But even that thing alone, the amount of shit that gets caught up in that is pretty disturbing. So really, I think it's definitely doing good work. Um, but she's still having trouble sleeping. Um, off and on so i don't know that it it wasn't the smoking gun yeah yeah but um maybe helped a little bit sure it's got to be it's got to be helpful you know not breathing all that shit in what else can you do man can you turn to the marijuana does that help at all Uh, i don't know if she'd get into that or not should we we give her a call and ask her about it maybe (laughs) i'd be curious i mean you know like you get some of that uh indica in there we, are you connected here? We can give her a call and see what uh, what flip, her feelings are on Waiting here. for her to flip me off on that. That might here. happen too. Yeah. I don't think I have this thing set up here. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That might be it. Or CBDs, right? Or are those, didn't, so are those CBDs, not help with sleep? I don't know. I don't know how that works. It would be, I'd, I'd have to do some research on that. CBDs provide a lot of benefit and you don't get high from it. It's just, right? It's different. It's not, there's no... Um, can't think of can't think of it right now there's no thc it's just straight cbd so it's good like it that's more of a effective uh medication for i think pain relief well i don't remember how it all works i don't really smoke that much myself i do love these are pretty powerful i do love like the first inclination that you have is not to go to anything natural no no natural items yeah yeah weed that is natural. Maybe have a little drink. What are you talking about? That's very natural. <laughs> For you. Yeah, it grows, it grows from Mother Earth, man. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Still haven't seen the bird come up here, so she must not uh, be listening. I've been pretty nice to her lately, so I don't deserve the bird. I didn't uh-huh. do anything wrong. Okay. I didn't do anything wrong She would here. probably disagree with that statement. What? Why is that? What the hell have I done? Who knows? Good Lord. I've had enough of this. Should we move on from the coronavirus and, and medical advice? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's not my top top thing. All right. Oh yeah, let's let's get into the topic for today. Oh, I thought you were looking at the board like you wanted to dial or something. No, I'm good. All right. I was just making sure I didn't get any other comments on here. Very good. <clears throat> so yeah, I think for the the remainder of the show, the big topic we wanted to talk about here is um uh both of us in the last mm, week and a half. Week Man, week week and a half. It's been a bitch. It's been a hell of a week and a half. Um, I'm tired. Hey, there it is. Finger came up. Hey. Here. Now I'm feeling the love. It took a minute. <laughs> took a minute. But she followed through. I love Very it. Very good. Very nice. Yep. Okay. We're just trying to give advice here on the Coffee hey. and Codecast. I take it that means that she would try it out. Yeah. Why not? I'll send some, I'll send some uh, Pioneer Squares over your place. Pioneer Fantastic. Squares? What is yeah, that? Yeah, they're little, they're little gummies. Like little, little, hmm. little. I thought you couldn't do that anymore. Why? I thought like candies and... That sort of th- stuff was kind of banned because of its like appeal to kids. Um, it's not banned. It's just the way it's packaged is very regulated. So, um, and it's it, you have to yeah, 
they can't just get into it. Like you're not going to buy a bag of just gummies in a in a bag like gummy bears or something like that. It's going to be individually sealed and like kung fu grip. Like you need to get some scissors to get into them. You can't okay. just like rip open these things. So they're pretty kid proof. And then, you know, they come in a they're all individually wrapped and they come in a bigger bag and there's all kinds of warnings and yeah, see, I'm not. I don't see this working because now she's got to have like a scissors by the bed to like yeah. cut them open, and, oh, yeah. and this is just like too much of a process. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I just think that could it could help. Like I know, you know, some of this stuff that just like, you know, the indica they say in the couch, right, in the head, kind of a thing. Like it's really knock you down. Yeah, and uh, feels like you got talk about the weighted blanket. That's why I thought of it because like just doing some of that. If you're on the couch and that thing hits in, you're not getting off the couch, man. It feels like <laughs> someone put like a couple like 10 pound plates on your fucking quads. Like it's heavy to move, you know, and it just kind of you sit back and just there you go. I can tell you the weighted blanket is the same effect, man. Like I get into bed and if I have that thing on me, I can't I can't I'm, roll over. It I'm feels not like, moving. It feels like it's a workout. There you go. Yeah, there you go. So it's supposed to be comforting, though, it is the idea. Right. And it's supposed to reduce yeah. anxiety. Yes. It's kind of like if you think about um, if you've heard of like thunder shirts for dogs during like fireworks and all that uh, kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Same, same kind of concept. That's a big deal down here because with the fireworks that go off at the stadiums or the cannons that go oh, off, yeah. the dogs have a hard time with that. Do they have policies about that at the NOLO? <laughs> they don't have policies about that, but I'll tell you a funny story since you asked. There, there's a Pioneer Square committee. That's the neighborhood, right? The, there's a neighborhood alliance. And this was probably five or six years ago now, but um, five years ago, probably we were participating in their events and they would come up to the building once a month to talk about issues and around the uh, neighborhood and, you know, the usual stuff, restaurants that are opening and closing and that kind of a thing. And there was some member that was adamant um, that something needed to be done about the noise levels in Pioneer Square because her dogs were, quote, going apoplectic which, you know, any time, like, cannons would go off, the dogs would just freak out. And so what she was doing was, like, for all the Seahawks home games, would just, like, put them, take them to a hotel somewhere else out of the neighborhood. Wow. And uh, so started this petition, wanted to, like, petition CenturyLink to, like, change the cannons to, like, a bell or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Dong! I bet that went over well. Ding! Yeah. Touchdown! (laughs) Ding! Like... I don't know, man. I, I just feel like um, there, there's some things you just have to know in the neighborhood. Like, you're going to find a bum taking a shit sometime. Like, that's going <laughs> to happen down here. And you're going to, like, find cannons going off and fireworks going off at the stadium when someone scores a touchdown or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was just a little silly to me. But, you know, I hate to see dogs suffering. I'm not trying to advocate for that. I just think it's a little bit much to petition the, the football stadium <laughs> that you chose to move in right next door to. Um, to uh, be quieter on game days. Yeah. Speaking of uh, places to live, uh, and I don't want to delay the topic here too much, but I want to want to jump into that just a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, you have some big uh, big things in the works. We'll find out here soon, dude. In like the next day or so. Yeah. I, but yeah, I I put an offer in on a condo today. Hell yeah, man! I'm pretty excited about it, dude. I I've been very anti buying in Seattle for seven years, and. And let's be honest, I wasn't prepared to buy for most of those years because I was paying off debts and doing other things, right? But, um, but yeah, I think to sum it up quickly, there's not a lot to say yet because it's still kind of in the works. But, um, you know, through the goodness of this company and all the good things that have come to us from the acquisition and other rewards, like, you know, I've been able to save up some money and do some things. And, and it's... Uh, gotten to the point where I'm single. I don't have any tax deductions other than like the standard deduction. Um, and I'm renting. So like, you know, I'm paying a lot of money in taxes. I don't have any assets really. I have the rental property in, in Nebraska still otherwise. Um, but I'm not, that's not a tax deduction of any kind. That's extra income actually. Cause I paid it off. So now I have that extra income that I'm paying tax on too. And, um, with job being as good as it is, I mean, I'm in a good place, you know, got the promotion enjoying management uh prices aren't going to get cheaper so i just you know i've been keeping an eye on the condo down the street for really since they opened and um yeah it was kind of cool like some of the prices came down from the initial offering so i think they have some a a bit of a glut of inventory over there they're trying to get rid of and had some more attractive pricing relative to the market i mean it's ridiculous but it's still um 
appealed to me and I thought, hell, if I have a chance to do this and I can afford to do it, then maybe I should check it out. And so still relatively speaking, it's expensive, you know, to other cities, you know, but uh, absolutely. But also the rate, right? The rate is really good. Rates are good. Interest rate. Yeah. Damn near three and a half percent, which was really good. So um, that helped a lot. And, um, you know, like I said, it's it's a new building. It's um, it's a new condo right by the stadium. Nice water view. Um, small, you know, but very nice. Like the, the finishes are really nice and it's a bit luxury. So I'm, I like that. Very good, man. So we'll see. It's funny that, that things like this come in pairs too, because like we're doing the same thing. We're looking at possibly <laughs> uh, selling our rental house. Um, we're evaluating the idea of that, um, taking the equity that we've, we've, we've been lucky enough to acquire through that um, and move it on to, you know, another home that uh, might be in a warmer climate. More, more to come on that, but uh, very excited for that. This year has been particularly bad on the uh, sad. The seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, exactly. This uh, Seattle, you know, I've been here, gosh, probably 11 years now at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Um, winter never bothered me. Yeah. Until this year. This year has been particularly difficult. Wow. Yeah. Really? So, um, definitely looking to find somewhere where we can get away for a month or two a year, potentially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, more to come on that, but uh, definitely interested in finding something that we can pick up in cash yeah dude it's pretty cool i mean i didn't mind the weather the first few years here but it does wear on you over time and it's not because it's difficult it's not like midwest weather right it's just that it's always gray every day every day for for months yeah seven eight months (laughs) now we i feel like we've been particularly fortunate this year we've had stretches of sunshine like last week was pretty good. So I read a, an interesting stat about that. There was there was a period up until two or three weeks ago yeah. um, that ended it. But from from then, um, there was a period from Nove- like early November mm-hmm. all the way to what would that be mid February, yep. mid to late February, where there was a, no day in that entire stretch that it was entirely sunny the whole day. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, you might get a pocket. Maybe. 30 minutes, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised by and, that. And a lot of rain. So, like, Seattle's known for rain. Like, every, that's what everybody thinks about it, being gray and rainy. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's rainy, but it's, it's, it's kind of like just pissing, right? It's not like downpour. It's the old mister at the produce. Right. Psh. Yep, exactly. So, this year, though, has been heavy. Yeah. Heavy on rain. And, like, just you'd see it out here and it'd be just sheeting. Yeah, yeah. It's very abnormal. So, just a weird year, um, and it's really bothered me. So, yeah, we're, we're definitely taking... And we took this trip to Palm Desert recently, which really kind of solidified it in our minds, I think, that we wanted to to uh, be able to get away to something a little bit warmer in the winter. So, Hey, man. Yep. We only get to do this thing once. That's so right. So, might as well enjoy the hell out of it. I am on board with you on that. <laughs> well, I think that's how it kind of prompted me, too, because we, we talk about these things a lot. And so, when you started mentioning some of this stuff, and, oh, I like the idea of this, maybe having it in our place... I was similarly thinking about that. I was like, my, I have a friend that's, you know, in Vegas right now. And I thought maybe I'll check that out. You know, like they have condos that you could get relative to Seattle's market pretty, pretty cheaply and expensive. And Vegas is on the rise right now. You've got hockey, football, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but you know, you don't get the same benefits. If it's a rental, you got to have more down. It's a higher rate for financing and you don't get the tax breaks. And I thought, you know, like it would sure be nice just to have a place of my own here since I don't anticipate leaving anytime soon. And I really do like Seattle, and I travel a lot. So, I mean, I think that's the thing. It's easy for me to travel in and out of SeaTac to any part of the country or the world or whatever, for that matter. It's, it's easy. So why wait? You yeah. Know? Let's do it. Let's do it. Agreed. Let's move on to the uh, topic. We, we briefly brought <laughs> it up there for a minute. We got about uh, 18 minutes to talk yes. about it. So um, we've had a number of uh, different, we'll call them crises. Cause, um, shit blew up, dude. Yeah, shit blew up. That's a good way to describe it. Um, so I've, I had, I had one of these, um, what Wednesday of last week. Yeah. You had one starting Saturday night going into Sunday more Sunday and Monday morning. I felt like an old college. I felt like an old RA or something, you know, like pulling an all nighter with the kids. Right. I was up till six thirty, seven thirty in the morning on, on Monday morning. Yep. So these have been pretty serious in nature. So luckily yours, I don't think resulted in a I don't know if I ever saw the revenue outage, but mine was a pretty significant revenue event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I kind of wanted to get into like how to deal with crisis in these types of scenarios because not only is there there you know tons of pressure on you as a manager mm-hmm. um, coming into you asking for status, you know, pu- trying to get it pushed forward faster, 
people asking if they can help. You know, you, you got to manage a lot of different things in addition to the resources that you're trying to have actually work on the problem. Yes, right, exactly. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that and kind of uh, get your feeling now that we're away from it a minute, sort of, because I just had another one today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you did, you did somewhat. You know, not as not as significant, but it was still a stressful right. event. Yeah. Still. After the boss was like, "No more fuck ups, guys." <laughs> yeah, let's not mess up anything. Whoops. Whoops. Yeah. Well, let's let's let's. I think it's safe to say, like, without giving too much away, that this is this is one of our busiest months of the entire year. So it's even more critical because, like, the money that we make this month, we stockpile in future months. Yeah. So any kind of outage is going to be felt harder this month than it typically would. Not that that's ever a good time to have an outage, but. Right. We feel them this time really hard. Yep. Any, yeah, any kind of impact to a production system now is particularly bad just due to the amount of traffic and uh, revenue that can be generated here. So, But the, the thing that I found interesting right away uh, dealing with the first outage is, is once the pressure really kind of becomes uh, pretty strong mm-hmm. due, to, due to the outage, like the first thing that happens, at least in, this, in my view of what I saw, is... A lot of the things that maybe came very easily or naturally or were done before suddenly start to break down. Yeah. Right. Like processes break down, communication breaks down and like people start skipping steps because it's just a frenzy to like squash the fire basically. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, I think we've done a pretty good job of improving on this, especially coming from earlier outages that we had with the other project, you know, last summer, earlier this year like like the communication breakdown you have to have a good communication plan and we didn't have a good strategy and so what we found was happening was somebody would sound the alarm but it it wouldn't be like pulling the fire alarm in the building they would just instead like yell at somebody across the hall like hey this thing's not working and so like you know joe developer would get into it and try to figure it out and of course if it was anything that they did with code then before they want to tell everybody they want to try to fix it themselves right working in a vacuum and so we have these silos where there might be three or four people or groups of people kind of working on the problem independently of each other, and one group is not talking to the other. And so it exacerbates the problem. People are doing the same work you know, across the board, and, and we're not getting any forward progress. So that, that was a big one that we had uh, before, and I think we've done a nice job to say, look, here's our policy. You have to sound the alarm. You get 15 minutes to figure it out. And if you can't figure it out in 15 minutes, then you send this address, which basically pages everybody, gets everybody out of bed. And, um, and then we have channels that we all agree that we're going to use. Like you go to this channel on Teams after you ring the bell, and then we, we go from there. The idea being that you're not going to work in silos. To exactly what you described, you're not going to have three different teams yeah. all individually trying to figure out the same problem, you know, doing the same things not communicating with each other. And it's particularly bad in software engineering because in some cases, the software engineering team can't fix the problem. Mm-hmm. They need support from the DevOps team, from the IT team. And so now you've wasted 20 minutes of engineering time when you could have had you know, some kind of concurrent uh, plan going with the IT and DevOps team. So instead, now you've exacerbated the issue. You, know, you right. made it 30 or 40 minutes where maybe you could have allevi- alleviated the issue in 15 Makes a big difference when, when it's peak times, it could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I think we've, we found this in a, in a, in a recent um, outage that, that, that was more, um, more focused on some of your teams. Um, there came a point in, in the outage process where we kind of, we were worried about the process that we were going down. It was still working. Yeah. It was doing its thing. But we were worried that what happens if this doesn't work? Do plan we, A fails. Do we have a plan A or plan B, plan C? Right. Right. Um, and so being, you know, I think that was an interesting conversation is like at what point or how do you know when that critical point is that you can say like, okay, now this is getting scary. We need to start evaluating other options. Yeah. You reached out to me Sunday afternoon and we're like, dude, are we going to, is this going to be done in time? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Yep. But, you know, we need to figure out a backup plan. It started freaking me out. And yeah. I don't know. It's not even my stuff. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, effectively, it was Sunday afternoon that we were working through this problem. And at that point, it wasn't good, but it wasn't grave. I mean, it was recoverable. But the real risk was going to be if the, if the operation didn't complete by 4 a.m., you know, the next morning, then East Coast time, 7 a.m. East Coast time, 
that's when all the traffic comes in. Think of this like if you're familiar with like Windows updates on your on your machine and it gets to like 99 percent. Yeah. And you're sitting there waiting and you're like, oh, yeah, it's got to finish sometime. But, you know, hour and a half later, it's still at 99 percent. And you're like, I and don't you're know. like oh, man, <laughs> is this ever going to finish? I don't yeah. know. It could be an hour. It could be four hours. I don't know. So that's what happened. I mean, that's that was a good example of what happened. And um, fortunately for us, we schemed up a plan B that really kept probably a half a dozen or so people up through the night. I mean, from 9.30 p.m. to 7 a.m. about working on this plan B. And so at least we had two options we were running with, and ultimately we were able to save the system and get it back up online. I mean, ultimately, I think you ended up with three options, right? I mean, at one point we were running with three, three distinct options. Obviously, mm-hmm. some of them fell off as yeah. we moved along. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, it was a good thing that we had all three because I think at various points of the, of the process, we were relying on one of those. Yeah. And, and it just happened that eventually one of them ended up being the clear winner. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, think about if you took any one of those out of the, the mix, would we have made it? I don't know. That's it's, the thing. Yeah. It's really hard to say. Yeah, that's right. Like the, the ultimate savior for us was, was exercising multiple options and working towards all of them at the same time and pivoting when we hit a wall because it wasn't just like, you know, hope and pray that this thing works by the end of the night. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's funny because like it's in a way it's a, it's parallel to what, what the company has been doing over its course of the last couple of years and diversifying, right? Yeah. You had diversity of options and because of that you were able to absorb when things failed. Right. Um, and, and make it forward, which is kind of what the company has been doing as a whole. So mm-hmm. kind of an interesting little like microcosm. Um, but you were up, I mean, you were up what, uh, mid, mid, well, all of Sunday into yeah. Monday. Yeah, I got up Sunday morning, probably around 7.30, and I went to bed about 24 hours later. Yeah, almost exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't done that in a while. <laughs> not not in that kind of a sobering way, anyway. <laughs> we're, we're trying to work through problems. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, a, that, that, that was a, a wild one. But, um, you know, like we talked about, it was uh, – there were a lot of positives that came out of it, and as, as much as I don't want that to be the norm around here – the I feel like the rapport that I was able to build with my team throughout this thing was unlike any other that I have as a manager in the last six months, right? Like you get through something together like that and it just makes you stronger. Um, it brings you together. And so the, just the hallway conversations that I've had with my team in the days since have been very different. It's almost like we got through something big together. And so it's really changed the relationship, and I'm grateful for that. That's that's been a positive that's come out of this. It's definitely a bonding experience. Like yeah, it, it's a way for a team to really, like you said, build rapport. Um, really want to work for each other mm-hmm. versus kind of work independently. You were all working toward a very specific, very very critical goal. You yeah. know, um, so I think you're dead on the money. Like it's it's definitely a bonding experience. It's a way for your team to grow and to to um i don't know build relationships amongst each other yeah in addition to with you and i think the other thing that was important about that is is you were in you know we just discussed that you were up up for 24 hours during the outage you were leading you were in it with them you were in the thick of it with them making the decisions working as much as you could possibly work with them i mean obviously they were doing the nitty-gritty mm-hmm. but you were you were helping in any way you could possibly help with communication with um you know, clearing the clearing the deck, making the executive decisions that needed to be made, and so forth. And I think that's a huge way for um, you to earn the respect of the people that you're working with. Um, you know, both both directions. Some managers, and I don't know many of them, but there are some managers that don't want to get their hands dirty or think that that when they've reached that level, that that's beneath them. And that and that's just never been my management style. It's certainly not your management style. That there's nothing that I wouldn't ask someone to do that I haven't done myself or would do, you know? Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I liked what you said about it. I thought you had a, f- a nice reflection on it. You said it was fun. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's clarify that though. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If any management's listening, sorry, yeah. he didn't mean that in a disastrous way. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, there was a point in, and I was telling you and I told Christina this too, you know, at some point in that outage, um, there was a point where I was kind of like reflecting to myself. I was like, this is actually a lot of fun. Like mm-hmm. it's scary as hell. Yeah. Uh, in the moment, because like 
yeah, if you do not succeed, the business is going to be very unhappy. Like that would have, it would have been really ugly if that wouldn't have gone well. Terrible. But in in the moment, I mean, this is what engineers do. This is problem solving. Yeah. Like you're trying to find your way out of a a massive hole um, and finding creative ways to fix, fix problems. Yeah. Um, And that's a lot of fun. Um, and, and especially in a time pressure, time, a pressure cooker situation, it, it just makes you, you know, that much more on edge, that much more on alert. Yes. Um, and yeah, there was a, a, an air of it being fun, stressful, hard, difficult, all those things, but, but, but fun. And we were fortunate that we came out, um, looking pretty okay. Yeah. Um, could have been much worse. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, and it kind of makes me think back to the earlier days of this company when we were a smaller startup, um, and we kind of cowboyed things sometimes, and you could you didn't have this um, lengthy process uh, to get things done, or this there's some bureaucracy now. There's there's compliance, there's regulatory, there's all these considerations we have to make, and and we're we're such a large size that we just can't do things willy-nilly we have to be very careful and have and have a clear path to roll things back because it can cause a lot of problems but in that moment when we're dealing with this crisis it forces everybody to think outside the box and kind of break convention a little bit break the rules and just figure out what what's the fastest path to success to getting back there and so kind of brings me back to the old startup roots it's really fun that way interesting too in that respect that we the, the beginning of this conversation we talked about like processes breaking down communication breaking down uh-huh. but then also um that's a bonus in some ways too because in in trying to get these things done quickly and avoid major 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 problems you cut corners and yeah. you're able to kind of go through you know process hurdles that maybe normally you wouldn't go through um so it it there's some advantage to it as well in in you know but in other ways like communication um, if you start dropping that, that yeah. causes problems as well. So it's it's interesting, but it kind of goes both ways. Well, we in that in that moment, you you operate in a way that's not sustainable for the business on the day to day. You get everybody in a room. We have a conference call. We have a bridge, and everybody's on the call. And there might be 13, 15, 20 people on this thing, and experts in every area: database guys, coding guys, like management. You know, people with like uh, subject matter experts. I mean, in this case, we had the COO on the call yeah. for, for much of it. And and he has all the history. He wrote the original code that this company made money off of. So he was there into the wee hours. And so it mimics the structure of the company in its infancy because in the beginning, you had business people and tech people in the same room because there, were, there was only 20 people <laughs> or whatever. Yep. And so it was that's how it worked is that everybody was looped in on what was happening. And as we've grown in size and we have offices in multiple cities, you just can't possibly be tied in in the loop to everything that's happening. So um, when this kind of event occurs, you get back to the roots. You get everybody in the room. Everybody's on a phone call. Everybody hears what's going on. And you chime in if you have something to say. It's not like everybody's talking over each other. But you get to solutions quickly because there's a singular focus. Get it back up. And everybody that knows something about that system is in the room talking about it. And, um, yeah, we were able to achieve something pretty radical. Like if, if, if it was a project for us to do what we did over the weekend and that was something we were planning for, it would have taken us probably like weeks and months to really like put that together just because you got to plan and bring the call the meeting and then have another, like we were able to do that in hours. Yeah. Matter of probably less than 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah. In less than 10 hours, rebuild this massive system from backup, you know, create new machines and, uh, Pretty impressive, man. Really incredible work. That was, I, I would agree. And um, Herculean effort. It was, re- it was really cool to watch. It was really cool to see everybody throw in. That was yeah. the other thing I thought that was really impressive to your point. There was 20 people on that call. Yeah. Everybody, everybody here was, was willing to throw in and help, in, help, help out. Uh, we were calling people at crazy hours of the morning asking for assistance, and people were answering the phone. Yeah. Like, it was pretty awesome. It's just crazy. You don't see that all the time. And uh, I was really proud of everybody across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I think that that was in, that I, th- I wanted to talk about here is like exhaustion, because like you mentioned, you work basically 24 hours straight. Yeah. And uh, you guys were when I got back on the call. So I, I was on the call for a, a good portion of it. You know, I was flying to Denver, even on the fl- flight. I was listening in to what was going on. And I think I only really missed what a four or five hour window. That was funny because what? you're you're on the plane talking to me. <laughs> 
Yeah. I was, you know, you're not supposed to technically take calls yeah. on the plane. I wasn't talking, but I was listening. You're listening in. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I would just like chime in with messages via text. Yeah. Um, and then I got cool. to Denver and I, and I crashed out because I, you know, I don't think, I didn't feel like at that point I had a whole lot I could contribute. Yeah. And I told you, you know, wake me up, uh, if you need anything or need any validation and sure enough at, uh, what, four in the morning mountain yeah. time or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. The call comes in. So, I mean, I was aside from maybe three hours, four hours, I was involved in most of it too. And yeah, you were even with that three or four hours I was wiped. So I can't imagine what you guys were feeling in the midst of it. And, and when I got back on the phone call, you guys were a little loopy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> At that point, everybody was running low on everything, man. Yeah. It was just uh, hard to focus and, um, uh, have put words together, put thoughts together at that point, but we had made it through the, the hardest part. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, really a impressive, uh, accomplishment to have, have everyone rally together and get that figured out. It would have cost us, I don't even want to say, but it would have been high six, maybe low seven figure loss if we didn't get that fixed when we did. Would have been brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, like takeaways from, from what, what have we had three or four incidents here in the past week and a half, mm-hmm. um, like number one, communication rules. Yeah. Like if you're not communicating, then, then people are going to be all over you. You're going to have all kinds of hurt feelings. You're going to be in all kinds of meetings following the thing. You should be anyway. Yeah. There should be post-morts and whatnot, yeah, yeah. but they're going to be entirely different <laughs> if you're not communicating correctly. <laughs> um, and it's very easy for that to be the first thing that drops when you're under a heavy, heavy stress load. Um, so fortunately for us, I think what we've established now over a few of these is just like the, there are certain things that we've just hammered in that are in stone. Like you absolutely must do these things at at this time. Um, and then we'll go from there. But like in the beginning, we didn't really establish that. And now we do. And I think, man, the response is, is great. You know, like even, even engaging our partners. I mean, that was another cool thing we didn't really talk about, but Microsoft jumped on Sunday night, like around, I don't know, 10 o'clock or 8.30. I don't remember what time it was, but we got we have the, that assurance with them so like we can get somebody on the phone in like five minutes yep. and work it out. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think that, that I want to talk a little bit about, we're running a little short on time here, but, um, you know, I think you did it. I think I did. I've, I've hopefully um, been an example of it, but um, diving in head first and, or, or leading from the front, I guess I'll, I'll use as 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 an example or a way to say it and and what i mean by that is like being willing as you mentioned earlier to get your hands dirty being willing to do the job um even if you're managing yeah being willing to throw in being willing to be a participant um not just kind of sitting back from you know thousand feet and saying like hey you do this you do this you do this (laughs) you know being a part of the action yeah being involved being awake with the with everybody for 24 hours um in, you know, I think to your point, I think exactly what you described is like there's nothing that's going to build you as a team more than yeah. if you're in the firefight with them. Yeah. You know, being banded together and, and in that kind of a pressure cooker, I think there's nothing nothing greater than uh, the relationships that you're going to build during that time. Amen, man. Yeah. That's good. Well, it's fun to talk about these things, you know, uh, not fun to go after through them. After the fact. After yeah. the fact, yeah. <laughs> yeah. After I've gotten some sleep. Yeah. Uh, it's fun to go back and reflect on that. But those are the things you're going to remember, too. I mean, you're not going to remember a lot of the minutiae from day to day, but like those are the things that we remember. Oh, yeah, the time we pulled together and did that pretty cool thing. So That's pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, parting thoughts? Words, I, I, words of wisdom from the outages? I don't know, man. Don't break shit. Don't break shit. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> don't, that's Scott's line, right? That's right. Or Grant, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us here on episode 64 putting up with our missing episodes because <laughs> we missed last week yeah we're gonna try and have woods on next week i need to reach out to woods so woods if you're listening uh reach out to me otherwise i'll do the same um thanks once again for listening our artwork is provided by your the gentle giant check out his website or our, his artwork at our website www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant check us out on facebook twitter email us at coffeecodecast at gmail.com Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and you can see our website at www.coffeecodecast.com. That's right. Go to coffeecodecast.com slash review and uh, drop us a note. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we can uh, make it a little better. What you like, what you don't like. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And as always, uh, have a great week. We'll see you here next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody.